Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. wouldn't go traditional ever again. Are you talking about just stuffing, mashed potatoes, turkey, green beans? I feel like deviating from the norm on every level with every aspect of Thanksgiving dinner, but somehow having it all still pulled together as a semi-cohesive meal, it just was great. Like we had all of the things. We had poultry and we had pie and we had green sides, but it was chicken and key lime and roasted Brussels sprouts with gochujang. <laughs> right, yeah. Sometimes the remix is better than the original. Yeah. Like, do you did you ever hear that St. John song where it's like, I would never kind of find a roll. Something like that, and it's St. John. Uh-uh. Oh, well, the one that popped off is the remix. Uh-huh. So I think that new Thanksgiving tradition yep. is maintaining a, a snippet of the old, yes. but putting a hot spin on the new. I'm all about it. I don't. I, I even feel like the, like the whole idea of Thanksgiving for me is evolving. Like It's definitely not paying tribute to the idea of Thanksgiving that is set up as like the American holiday with the, you know fucking terrible colonialization of the, you know, Indian American people. All the things that right? we know. Yes. Native American people. Uh, you know, definitely not. It's all about just friends and gratitude and harvest season and maybe putting on a little like, uh, you know, comfy clothing for the for the cold winter months and, and enjoying the good food. I love that. Well, then let's put each other on blast because we cooked most of the dishes ourselves with Maya's help. Yes. Um, but what was your favorite dish? And oh. you have to be honest and say why. Okay. My favorite dish was your garlic miso mashed potatoes because they were so umami, smooth, buttery, that consistency. You absolutely nailed it. I've learned so much about mashed potatoes from you, Mike. Thank you. That feels really good because I did forget my ricer at the uh, apartment yeah. and I did drive an hour <laughs> while the potatoes were boiling. I was like, keep them on the boil. I'll be back. This is a crucial step. And I like drove in traffic for an hour to get a ricer to make sure that those potatoes were smooth. They were so smooth. And I, uh, I and then the, the runner up for me was the gravy, which was also the umami gravy was the recipe from the New York Times cooking section. What was the breakdown of that one? I'll talk potatoes if you will talk umami gravy. Okay. you. So I don't want to jump the gun. You talk the potatoes first. Okay. Because yeah. that was actually my favorite dish too. And I wasn't trying to like <laughs> pat myself on the back and be like, oh, I think I nailed it. But uh, I did feel like I nailed it. You absolutely did. So you roast the garlic in a in a ball of aluminum foil with a little bit of olive oil, a little bit of water for steaming, salt and pea in the oven for like well over an hour, yeah. almost like an hour and a half, depending on how often your oven is being used on a day like Thanksgiving. Uh, once that garlic is all ready to rock and your potatoes are peeled, quartered and boiled and soft, you mix the garlic with some miso we used white miso yep uh my first time ever using miso so that was also a really cool experience because now i got a tub of miso in my fridge so if anyone out there has any suggestions of what to do with miso yeah miso in love with it um <laughs> you can make a really simple miso soup so fucking comforting just cool. truly like you know a little hot water a little tofu some like um flakes of seaweed that sounds great. Delicious. All right. I don't need any more suggestions, everyone. Mary Jane's got it. <laughs> Shut it down. Um, and then you take uh, all the butter in the world, 
uh, cream as you go. And after you rice the potatoes, mix, mix, mix it all together. And then you take that paste of butter, miso, and garlic and slap that bitch in there and fold it all together. Add Mm -hmm. some chives. Good to go. Oh, man. And then you top it with my gravy, which I was so proud of. Yes. It was, I have never had great success making gravy with the drippings from the bird because, you know, it's always that kind of like weird, chunky, greasy It also has this weird, it's a slick, oily coating on your mouth every time that I don't really love. Either you don't get all the flour baked out of it and it Mm -hmm. tastes like oily flour. Yeah. Or it's just not satisfying. Or those weird little burnt bits just add that kind of, yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, I've just never had great success. And this was the easiest uh, gravy recipe made with caramelized onions. And then, yeah. White onion, red onion. Red, caramelized onions, butter, flour, mix, 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 and then uh, chicken, or no, uh, vegetable broth. Oh. I didn't even use it. It was vegetable broth. Interesting. And uh, nutritional yeast, salt and pepper. That was it. Thicken it up. So crazy delicious. That's so good. So it's a vegan gravy too. No, it wasn't vegan because it had butter in it. Ah. Yeah. Vegetarian gravy. Vegetarian gravy, I guess. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. cool. Because you know, so fucking good. like something like that. If you were to roast a huge head of broccoli, yeah, um, and make that like really soft with a bunch of turmeric and things like that, I think that gravy would go great on something meaty like a mushroom or a cauliflower floret. Let's talk mushrooms for a second. We had some porcini's uh, that my brother-in-law had brought. He'd foraged on the way from Washington, which was just such a Walt thing to do. Yeah. Like, oh, um, I mean, most people go in the woods to get murdered. (laughs) No, that's what city people think. Most people go into the woods to have a great time. Oh, (laughs) I've seen Law and Order. I know nothing good comes of the woods. No, nothing good comes of the city. You go to the woods to be safe, man. You got it backwards. You got this flipped. Let me me assure you that the woods are a very safe and beautiful place to be. And uh, murderers lurk around corners and alleyways and not behind oaks. Understood. (laughs) Understood. But um, yeah, Walt had gone. He'd stopped in Monterey on his way down to visit some friends and he had foraged like armloads of porcinis and he brought them and he'd sauteed some in butter to freeze because that's you can actually preserve mushrooms by just sauteing them really lightly in butter and then they'll actually keep in the freezer for several months and then he also had some fresh that we had just as a side at dinner and in omelets and I've just been eating mushrooms for the whole week I want to add to that because I didn't understand the way to keep them in the freezer like that because what Walt did every day would was he would put the Tupperware in the microwave and defrost the froze uh-huh. a little bit. And then you would kind of like peel off the mushroom pieces that you wanted to use in the pan and then put the rest back in the fridge. So not only can you microwave these porcinis over and over and over, and they're going to keep because of that uh, quick butter base that you do. Mm-hmm. But um, now I understand that if you don't do that with the butter, that's why they break down and they get like really wet and soft and weird immediately yeah the lightly sauteing in butter you can do it with any kind of mushrooms my sister used to go foraging for chanterelles all the time and she would like mail me a box of chanterelles it was so great to live in new york and get a box of chanterelles with like a fall delivery from the pacific northwest and she would say yeah just break them down and saute them lightly and put them in like individual containers and then you can pop them open and have like a little serving for your little risotto your little omelet whatever you want um, I don't know how long mushrooms take to grow, but these were hunks. They were so big. How so long fat. does a mushroom take? Because I, well, they're I, seasonal, so it's every year. Okay, so that like that was a year's a year a year per bulb or whatever it's called. Right. Wow, because they were huge. They were as big as my hand, and I have hands. Yeah. <laughs> great. <laughs> it was a great Thanksgiving. It was a very delicious Thanksgiving, and I was very glad to spend it with you. 
and uh, family and friends. And uh, I don't know. I'm just feeling really good about it. And your chicken. My chicken, my double, my double chicken situation replaced the one, the one large bird, two Every, smaller birds. Everybody hates turkey. Um, I wish that Biden had killed peanut butter and jelly, and I oh. want to go on record and say it. No turkeys should have survived that day, let alone PB&J. Oh. All, all should be destroyed for being so dry. Wow. Well, um, I've never really enjoyed turkey. I do love a goose. I do love a goose. I'll go on the record as saying I, I love that gamey goose. But, um, yep, we just did two really simple, delicious birds, two simple turkeys with uh, with all of our sides and stuff, and then key lime pie. And then key lime pie, mm-hmm. which, um, as we wrap up our Thanksgiving feast, hoping that everybody oh no I want to say two more things but I hope everyone had a really nice Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving or maybe you sat alone and played PS5 and ate Papa John's like, great great also great um, but my mom texted me because she saw the Instagram post and she would like to hear the key lime pie recipe so if I can avoid talking to her on the phone could you share that <laughs> recipe right now I can it's in it's on the side of the key lime juice bottle I think I said this a couple of weeks ago on here I was trying to remember the name of the juice bottle and I've forgotten it again but we'll put it maybe we'll just put it in the show notes okay it's the key lime juice concentrate that you can buy most places and it's truly just that key lime juice with three egg yolks and a can of sweetened condensed milk whisk 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 and then my addition is that I grate in a ton of lime zest and then you just pour that into a recently baked fresh fragrant uh, graham pie cracker crust and you chill it that's it it's an oh no sorry you bake it for about 15 minutes and then and then you cool it and chill it and serve it with whipped cream and the other uh, thing that I did this time was that I used a deeper pie dish and I doubled the filling so it was super thick I like a thick cream pie a hundred percent it was a thick cream pie uh-huh because then yep. when you like pull it out of your mouth mm-hmm. uh yep yeah yeah <laughs> or pull it out of the fridge mm. Mary Jane save me yeah well how's it going Mike <laughs> there it is thank goodness uh really good welcome to how are you Mary Jane I'm great good welcome yeah. to Weed and Grub everyone this is a podcast about comedy cannabis cooking culture calling shit out and cream pie and cream pies yeah yeah um we did have one failure, and we should go on record because not everything can be all gravy over our Thanksgiving day. I know where we went wrong. Where? Because the recipe was bomb. I yeah. trust him Absolutely. as a recipe developer for the New York Times. Eric Kim is, you can't, yeah, he's undeniable. He's fantastic. That was his incredible gravy recipe that totally fucking rang my bell. Like, hey, he's amazing. But we made a huge fucking mistake because we ripped up the brioche for his cheesy pizza stuffing recipe and let it sit out like you're supposed to like let the brioche sort of dry out a little bit yeah but then we wet it with all of the ingredients the tomato paste and the onion slices that we sauteed and stirred and everything that we put together yeah yeah and then we sat the bread in that for like an hour or two before we put it in the oven it's got to go in the oven right away the recipe said let it sit and soak for up to five minutes yeah (laughs) not 45 minutes not 45 minutes yeah Yeah. and i think in our case it was probably more like an hour and a half and so when it went into the oven it uh it was fucking mush it was super mush it was like total fucking slop porridge and it came out and it was like just a gooey gelatinous hot loose massive gunk (laughs) (laughs) and it didn't taste good uh, because the consistency was so fucked up. So yeah. we really screwed the pooch on that one. That was our fault. Yep. Okay, understood. It. Because, it, I mean, it was good because, like, pizza tastes good. Melted yeah. cheese is delicious. But, Amazing. yeah, it, it had the 
Yeah, have you ever seen the videos where they're like, this is the pink shit that makes a chicken nugget, and yeah. it's like extruded through that machine? Yeah. That was the color texture and kind of... It was the consistency, consistency of silly yeah. putty. <laughs> like when I was little and I used to love putting weird shit in my mouth to just see how it felt, <laughs> it reminded me of being five. Like I would have loved that if I was a little kid because it just was so weird. Yeah. Do you know what would be really funny? Side note is if like you were playing uh, kitchen with a little kid uh-huh. and they were grading play-doh over your totally thing it's like say when because it has that salty tang <laughs> yeah that's exactly. really fun <laughs> did you ever make your own play-doh when you were a little kid never made it but always extruded it and ate it yeah i mean that's why it's great because you can't eat that when you're a kid and it's not going to kill you but my mom would make me my own play-doh because i guess maybe sometimes she got sick of buying those little cans and just having me leave it out and it would go rock hard or she's tired of you eating twelve dollars worth of play-doh every week exactly (laughs) so yeah back in the 80s she would make it for me and i can't remember the exact but you know like you can make that's cool like yeah goo or get or ooze or whatever the fuck oobleck slime yeah Mm -hmm. all those but slime will kill you i read so oh okay sorry side note you shouldn't eat Slime. But I just wanted to Play-Doh. talk about a little kid yeah. grating Play-Doh with a microplane over your pasta. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we failed on that. Yep. But overall, Thanksgiving was a hit. Absolute hit. And it was great to just like hang out by the fire pit after a huge meal and smoke, smoke some weed. What was it, Taxi Driver? I don't even know what it was because, uh, well, I don't even want to say who brought it or, or who we smoked it with. But we, uh, yeah, it was like new to me and it was perfect. Perfect. Gavin Newsom. Yeah, Gavin Newsom brought a big fat joint to apologize for how badly he's fucked over the California cannabis industry. Um, and so, so we, we got... don't accept your apology because it's not enough. Mm-mm. But thanks for the weed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. That was great. Um, can I do another serious section? Oh, Jesus. Sorry. Yeah. But I like, you know, last time the serious section was about Bobo. Yeah. Um, but since this episode is kind of about giving thanks. Um, I want to shout out somebody who is a huge inspiration in my life and is a monster um, inspiration to the world. Uh, Virgil Abloh passed away at 41 from cancer. Nobody knew he had it. Next thing you do is you wake up and hear that he's gone. And um, I want to just like send him and his family praises and love and thank him for everything he's done for me. And the thanks part of it, if I can just share a story real quick, Mary yeah. Jane, uh, it's on my Instagram, but if you're not on my Instagram, you wouldn't know. I was mad broken. I had these dream shoes called Desidor Air Max 90s that are off-whites designed by Virgil Abloh. They were all over my Instagram. I would talk about them every day. Sometimes I would just walk down Melrose and like go to the shoe store, pick them up and look at them and just wish that I could have enough money to afford them. Mm -hmm. And then for my birthday, you and Joel Hadley, my best friend in the world, pooled your money together and got me my dream shoes. And it was like, not only the start of me starting therapy because people cared about me, but it was like a, a what's the word? A, to- a notion, a token, a gesture mm. of such like, we care about you and we like you so much and we wanna do something kind for you that I had never felt before. And so his passing, the shoes that I'm looking at right now that I've worn into the ground, they have holes in them at this point almost. And like you and Joel, all together as a part of not only Thanksgiving and my life, but also with his passing, it just like flooded back all of those grateful memories I have of all of you. And so I just wanted to uh, acknowledge it, you know, now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. He was a giant. And it it always amazes me with someone like, like Virgil Abloh, how much you can be 
moved and changed by someone that you don't know. Yeah. Like Anthony Bourdain, I think, uh, was oh, another great one. Yes. person who, when he died, I was profoundly, per- I felt personally affected by it. Um, and it's really interesting to read the tributes pouring out to Virgil Abloh and the fact that he was only 41 and, uh, you know, d- you know, no one was expecting it and, and he had so much left. Yes. Um, so I'm really, really sorry to hear that he's gone so so soon and so young. And he was an incredible, like, what a legacy to leave. I mean, just, I uh, love that he called himself a maker. Yep. Like, he, that was it. It was so all-encompassing. There was nothing he couldn't do. Right. And DJ, he, designer, fucking, uh, you know, everything. Like, um, I'm going to so throw in things. the show notes my, I used to watch it. I still watch it. I watched it the day he passed, like, nine times. But there is a YouTube clip of him DJing the opening of this crazy sold out show in New York for Travis Scott. And so if you want to just watch him DJ, what I think is six and a half minutes of just, boy, I wish I was at that fucking party. Mm. Um, click on the show notes and it'll be, uh, it'll be there for you to check out. Great. Yeah. yeah. Which speaking of, um, I got some conspiracy theories Uh-oh. that I want to share on <laughs> okay. this episode. Some Turkey. Oh, uh, I'm, wait, conspiracy, some Turkey theories. No, oh, conspiracy theories. <laughs> Thoughts? Thoughts. Okay, mm. that's not interesting. Or what? I, I was trying to segue from Virgil into... Conspiracy theories? Conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. And, and then I was like, well, she'll pick up the baton. But I had thrown the baton, <laughs> like, all the way across the lake. And yeah. I was like, go get it. It's over there. Best of luck hit, picking up that baton. I'm doing my best to <laughs> swim across and get back to you real fast. <laughs> I hid the baton. And uh, now great. you'll have to go through a series of what the hell is in his brain Oh God! to pick it up. I'll have to go into the deep, dark forest where it's so scary. And there are things lurking around every corner, evidently. That's the real yeah. scary city yeah. wood murder place my mind <laughs> yeah okay yeah. <laughs> well what 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 are these theories that have you uh ticking and talking well the thing is is that tiktok for me has been curated to the point that there's no way i can escape it okay I, my algorithm is popping right now with everything that i love. can i ask you a question about that yes i don't i'm not on tiktok and so i don't really know how it works because the few times that i w- would watch tiktok with you you would show it to me on your phone and you're like don't like anything don't touch anything don't don't fuck with it because i don't want my algorithm to change right have you since started liking things and seeing things that are curated N- for you no and i think my theory was wrong about that because mm. now uh, just because of the way and this is a topic for a whole nother How does TikTok time. work? <laughs> but, well, I think it's with like with things like Web3 coming on the way, which we've talked about, but I don't want to get into here because it's a weedy, right. pun intended, place yes. to dig into. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was getting emails for Alaska Air for Cyber Monday and emails for Alaska Air airfare deals on um, Black Friday, my ads on TikTok were also for Alaska Air wow. and Twitter and Instagram. So at a certain point, I was like, oh, it doesn't matter where I, whether I like things or not. I can Google a keyword, and yeah. then that keyword will just splinter into the rest of my web experience, whether I want it or not. And it's because it's everything's listening to you, and I'm not sure exactly how things are listening to you, but that, you know, I mean, everyone's having that experience, right, of like the targeted and curated ads. And uh, yeah, it's just fucking interesting. I would like to actually dig into that with you for, for maybe a, a splainer up when we come back online with our Patreon. Uh, or something. I don't know. It's just fucking interesting. It's really interesting. And and like, so yes, my algorithm is popping right now, but it's also because I think with um, all the things that I'm looking for, for Christmas gifts and weed and everything, like I am so dialed in. Wait, is your algorithm full of Christmas gifts? It is full of Christmas gifts. I wonder what they are and who they're for. (laughs) (laughs) And 
and how many there how are. How many are there? Because there are just so many things out there in the world that could be for someone who is, you know, close to you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think if, like, Monsanto started developing Christmas trees that have, like, a five foot, like, the branches don't start growing until five foot, five feet high, so you can fit a lot of gifts underneath that tree uh, i feel like this is uh could just be done by just buying a tree and just cutting the branches off okay on the down on the down below which All right. is what we used to do you did yeah did you go into the woods to find a tree every year no way absolutely oh talk about it i'll get into conspiracies in a second i don't know anyone who went tree hunting me every year with my family we had a special saw that my dad it was like this long thin saw that he would you know throw into the car and we would all go out and we would tromp around in the woods until we were very cold and wet and it was almost dark and then we would find the perfect tree always which was always my sister always found it i was always willing to settle way earlier because i was like i want to go home i'm cold and wet yeah the first one you see is the one that's right (laughs) but it was always so fun and it was you know like in newfoundland so it's like very snowy and very Christmassy and then dad would cut it down and we would lug it back to the car and strap it to the top of the car and bring it home and then it would sit outside to like drop all of the snow and everything and kind of dry off a little bit and then we put it up on Christmas Eve and um will you talk about the saw is it a yeah. two-person saw? So like you and your sister on no, one end, or how does it really work? it's a really amazing. It's a it when you, when it's closed up and like all secured and everything, it's just one long piece. And then when you open it, that piece sort of serves as the backbone of the saw, which you hold onto. And then the blade swings out, and then the whole thing sort of forms a triangle, so that you close that with a nut. And the the sort of like if you think of it as a triangle that looks like this, this one side is covered in teeth, and this side is the side that you hold onto. For anyone who can, I don't know how to describe Almost like it for a, so, But it's like a triangle around the tree, right? No, 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 no. It's just like you, you, you literally open it up, put it here. This is the part that you saw with. This is the spine. And then you do this. And here's the tree. Like ah, this. okay. I'm, so the so triangle is going it. against the tree. It's just, yeah. It's yeah. just a saw that Boy, folds. anyone smoking is like, yep, this weed works. This it's weed a, works. It's a folding saw mm-hmm. that is uh, very like old, old timey and very cool. Cool. Yeah. How do you cut a tree so that it does it falls the right way? Is there an art to that or is it you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying and it's an interesting question because actually one of my friends uh her partner was killed by a falling tree um very young. It was a crazy experience to actually know someone who died that way. So it's yeah. a great question. Uh, and I think people are killed by falling trees all the time, fucking horribly. But uh, with like a you know six foot Christmas tree, it wasn't such a, um, a tri- like a what's it called a, a obstacle for my for my dad to yeah, be able to step handle. left. Yeah, sure. What's the word? Hazard. That's the word I was trying to think of. My brain. Woo. Um, so yeah, you just you cut it, uh, and then once you've cut through, you can kind of see which way it's going to go, and then you get out of the way that it's going to fall, okay. and then you yell timber. Crucial. Yeah. Yeah. The four of the forest. <laughs> yeah. Timber. And then it falls and then you, yeah, drag it along the snow. And Good. sometimes if you're little like I was, you sit on top of it. That's so fucking it cute. It is very, very Christmassy. My family was very Christmassy, so. God damn. <clears throat> yeah. Nice. That's great. Okay. Um, are you going to get a tree this year? Yes, I am. This is going to be my first year of hosting my own Christmas because I'm not going back to Newfoundland. Uh, I'm gonna do Christmas here in LA. I hope you, you and I, will, will have a Christmas together here in here in my little house in LA. I would love to. Mm-hmm. I would also love to cook another huge meal. Yeah. With or without would you some a, of the hits from Thanksgiving. Would you try a goose with me? A goose? Yeah. Yes, I will. Okay. Let's go for it. Cool. I have never tried. 
It's so I'm delicious. Here, I'm here to do it. Okay, good. Okay, a cool. Christmas goose. Mm-hmm. Fucking right. All right. Great. Well, then I want to bring something to the table, too. What? I don't know yet, but I'm holding oh. <laughs> I'm holding a card. I'm holding I'm 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 reserving a card for some kind of dish. Oh. Cuz if you're bringing if you're going to put a goose out, then mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to splash something as well. Like a, a St. Louis recipe, like a mac and cheese or Maybe something. Maybe a gooey butter cake. Oh Jesus. Yeah. Sorry okay. key lime, but there might be a new competitor in the dessert ring yeah. and it might be gooey butter cake. I'm in. I'm face in, face down and in. Okay. <laughs> to that. Okay. Great. Cuz goddamn it's delicious. Let's do it. Fucking I, ooh. I have all the weed to smoke right before we eat it. Okay. Great. Great. Um, conspiracy theory? Let's get into Actually, it. Actually, let's okay. do news and then dive into conspiracy theories. All right. Let me pull up. While uh, we're talking weed. Great. I'm so excited to hear the news. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's me, too. I'm carrying this episode on my back. <laughs> The Grublet Gazette is presented by OCB Rolling Papers, the largest rolling paper brand in the world, crafted naturally since 1918. OCB offers a full line of plant-to-puff papers made with sustainable fibers farmed from within a 500-kilometer radius of their facility in France, which is powered by 100% green energy. Green energy? Mm-hmm. Do you mean like weed energy? I mean like a sustainable, environmentally friendly, ecologically sound energy. Oh, I wonder if that has something to do with our news this week. In 2020, OCB rolled out America's first ultra-thin, slow-burning bamboo rolling papers and cones. They're even burning, no-tear, GMO-free, and vegan. Not all rolling papers are created equal. OCB offers a premium smoking experience that we call Harmony on High. Hit them with the A. A. Oh, I didn't didn't know what what note was the highest note. Oh, I can't hit a high A. Okay. Ask for OCB <laughs> wherever you buy your papers and sample the entire line of products. Plus, visit OCBUSA.com and follow OCB on Instagram at OCB underscore USA. We've had a great year with OCB as our wonderful sponsor and are so grateful to them. So if you like what we do, please support the companies that support us and check out OCB. Yes, please. And our news this week is from MarijuanaMoment.net, a great resource for a lot of news in the cannabis space. And I brought up green energy because New York is proposing a bill that would encourage marijuana packaging to be made from hemp as a sustainable plastic alternative. Hell yes. Right? We were just having a big conversation about this because the legal cannabis industry here in California, which should be regulated to be you know, environmentally friendly, Packaging is a nightmare. It's a nightmare. It's single-use plastic. Mm-hmm. And and it's constantly, they're constantly updating labeling regulations and all that kind of stuff. So a company will actually like buy all of the packaging that they need and then the regulations get changed and they have to throw it all away. All of it. Like you could have everything ready for, for like uh, distribution. Yeah. And they'll say, actually, the font needs to be Helvetica, not Arial. And then you just have like pre-roll tubes sitting in a landfill that cannot be used anymore it sounds like a joke but like little tiny changes like that have been made and people have had to lose like tens of thousands of dollars over it it's so crazy because we were saying how you know the illegal uh or the you know unregulated rather cannabis industry is accused of being you know big on pollution because of the indoor lights and the you know um unregulated pesticides that they use on grows and all that sort of stuff but it's so silly because you could just look at the legal cannabis industry and fix that first. Like, yes. <laughs> you, you can regulate that. So you can actually do something about that. Fix that. So fix this that. is fucking great. Yeah. I, I, before I dive into the story and start naming a couple names who are proposing the bill, it's how we always talk about uh, another TikTok thing that I learned is that like Nestle is not in the water bottle 
industry mm. for water. They're in the plastic industry. It's what you put in the plastic bottle that is where you're making your money because right. water is water. So it's right. like, yeah, fucking plastic, man. Or it's the plastic that's making the money and not what you put in the bottle, you mean? Correct. Right, yeah. right. <clears throat> fucking crazy. And McDonald's is not a food company. It's a real estate company. Yeah. Right? Yes. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it's all fucked. It's but wild. thanks to somebody like Senator Michelle Henchy, a Democrat out of New York, um, is trying to make the case that hemp represents an environmentally friendly alternative to synthetic plastics. Trying Un- to make the case. Like, that's, that is the case. <laughs> Under the proposal, the state's Cannabis Control Board would require a developed strategic plan detailing the use of industrial hemp for packaging and labeling requirements to be used prior to retail sale for any cannabis or cannabis product to a cannabis consumer. Furthermore, the establishment of the Sustainable Cannabis Packaging Incubator Program will provide financial financial incentives for businesses to create compostable and biodegradable cannabis packaging, meaning that the packaging must contain at least 30% hemp. Great. Um, Here's the quote from Henchy in a press release. There is no other natural resource that offers the insane environmental, agricultural, and economic potential as hemp. Mm -hmm. My bill will create a market, kickstarting the industry and moving New York State to the forefront in a way that will help us tackle not only the climate crisis, but also give our small farmers a competitive edge and boost upstate economic development. Great. Right? Great job. Great fucking job. Yeah. Like when we had Montel Williams on the pod, Mm -hmm. and he was talking about how you can grow bricks from hemp. Yeah. Like it is one of the most powerful underutilized resources we have. It's an entirely renewable resource. It is a crop that actually remediates the soil that it's planted in, so it can actually pull toxins out of soil. It uh, has been used to build hempcrete, which is a concrete alternative, which I think is what Montel was talking about. There is a a whole company in uh, Colorado that's making guitars and amplifiers and speaker cabinets out of hemp. And I interviewed a guy who had made an entire car out of hemp. Really? Once. And that was, I believe, running on biodiesel or some kind of biofuel. Wow. And you can eat the hemp seeds and hemp oil is good for all sorts of stuff. And you can get CBD out of it. I mean, hemp is truly, and you know, like it's people always talk about this that the hemp activists are like you could change the world with this this is the plant that could save the planet yes full full disclosure and transparency though yeah as you were talking about it you're glazed over i'm i'm rolling my (laughs) eyes because of glazed over is pretty funny actually i'm glazed over because of the hippy dippy hemp propaganda right. flower power bullshit that I was raised on that right. makes me roll my eyes because it's like a guitar and a car and it's going to save the world. Yes, like, it is. fucking stroke a dick. What and, are you talking about? Well, listen, the establishment fucking got you to make you think that the hippy dippy flower power was a bunch of bullshit and that they were the ones on the right side because that's the fucking man, man. And knowing you, Mike Glazer, I know that you're not about the man. You're actually an anti-establishmentarian, meaning you are a fucking hippie. Yeah. And that's who hippies are, is they're against the fucking corporate interests of the big fucking greedy predatory capitalism bullshit, and they want the fucking power to be for the people and for us to actually make decisions to grow as a society, and that starts with, like, renewable resources. So, when you you're put a it, hippie. Fucking, I'm a hippie. 
And I stand up on a chair. I'm a hippie. And then our neighbors underneath us stand up on their chairs. We're hippies. Yeah. Yeah. You can be all sorts of things and still be a hippie. You can be a jock and a hippie. You can be a fucking, you know, like you can be all sorts of things. I just only say the jock part because I feel like people who are like, but I like sports and I like, you know, things that are like very specifically designated as being masculine. Painting my face to see the Raiders play. Whatever it is, you can be that and you can still be what I would call a hippie, which is truly just an anti-establishment fucking question authority kind of. A free thinking person. Yeah. I also like how you put hemp into the category of um, climate change and renewable resources right. instead of under the, um, it's not, I mean, for us and under this, it's it's under the umbrella of cannabis and right. packaging, which is super important because the packaging is so fucked. But when you talk about hemp under the bigger umbrella, yeah. which is renewable resources, that's where I it hits my ear differently. Right. I mean, there there are truly so many things. It's one of the reasons that hemp was a crop that the founding fathers grew. You know, you could make sails and ropes for ships, and you can make textiles for linens and clothing, and you can fucking eat the seeds, and you can use the oil, and it can make fuel, and you can build houses. That, like, there's truly nothing you can't do. Yeah. And that's why hemp activists are so all about it. And I'm just talking about it. I'm getting excited about it. But I know also it it truly is one of those things where your eyes can glaze over because anyone who's a zealot for any cause is always going to be hard to listen to. Yeah. And well, also uh, you don't really see anybody in the hemp game driving around um, Rolls Royces or like living that luxury. I know, but fuck that life. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about like the oil plastic, the capitalism that really runs the world. I know, but like that car is so tight. So sure. It's, it, it makes the game excited to get into. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Well, I'm sure there are hemp magnets that we can find, but maybe they're just kind of quiet about it because it goes against the idea of, you know, a plant for the people. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Like, you know, some guy in an ivory tower driving around a fucking Lambo. Right. Uh, well, how would you feel if the people who control most of our non-renewable resources, the Charles Cokes and the people like that, sure. how would you feel if they just gobbled up hemp and and but 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 now they are gobbling up the the renewable resource game as well. Would I'm you sure feel okay trying. with that? Yes, I think so. I think there are those huge interests are trying to gobble up the water power and the solar power and the hemp game and all that kind of stuff. And that's the the way it's all going. Just like in the weed game right now, you know, the cannabis the you know industry is being controlled largely. The conversation is being dictated by multi state operations and Canadian LPs and these giant interests and you know these small farmers who created the movement that we we owe everything to the reason why we have the movement in the first place and now the industry uh, are suffering so you know it's it's always going to be the Cokes the Koch brothers coming in and trying to do it but we don't have to let them we can still we can wrest as much control from them as we possibly can and uh, hemp is a great place to start so I think this is great news it's really great news and if it works out for New York and that happens um, I can see it certainly reaching all the way across like once the data Hopefully. proves that it yeah. is like the incentives are there and farmers are getting their piece of the pie yeah um it's a really great place to start and it sounds like an interesting place to i hate this word but to pivot to as a hemp farmer because you know there's been this like a lot of farmers started growing hemp after the 2018 farm bill passed with the idea that they would be like all of a sudden in this cash crop right but then there was a glut of hemp and so the price of cbd which everyone was thinking they would make their fortunes off of crashed and there are people 
people who are trying to get rich off CBD. Mm-hmm. And so I, there are, I'm sure, hemp magnets. But so it would be a really interesting thing to see if packaging is a new place for hemp farmers to get into to be like, oh, I'm in the hemp industry and I can make packaging for the legal cannabis industry. And it seems all very copacetic. And yeah. And you if know, you do sign that packaging deal with Nestle to right. be their hemp provider, please God, please God, let, let the, let's all get away from plastics. I read a really kind of heartbreaking interview with the maybe the granddaughter of um, the inventor of plastics, like the, the sort of like the known person who really like was the one to synthesize plastic from petroleum whenever it was 150 years ago or whatever. And uh, I can't remember exactly what it was or where I read it, but there was just this like sense of like, oh God, what do we do to the planet? And we have yeah. to move away from this and how are we going to fix it? And, and if he were still alive, I think he would be devastated. Uh, it's like a slow A-bomb, right? Oh, God. Yeah. So, hemp, maybe that's the way forward. I think, you know, you, you and I uh, could learn a lot more about it and talk about it more on here. I'd love to do that with you. That would be really cool. cool. Also, I can't get out of my head a hemp Rolls Royce. Like yeah. a ghost. Oh, Dude, my the, God. A ghost made out of hemp would be so sick. The hemp car that was being driven around by the guy that I interviewed was like a convertible. It was a hot rod. It was a Damn. bright red, I was picturing like the Dumb car. and Dumber no. dog van. No. It was so <laughs> sexy. It was really like, yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's so cool. I think cool. hemp can be very sexy. It is sexy. Yeah. Mm, hemp oil. Love it. Yeah. For... Lather me up in it. <laughs> Slather me in hemp oil. <laughs> Okay. All right. We're done with news. <laughs> <laughs> when the news gets personal, you move on. Let's go. All right. Conspiracy theory time. Okay. All right. So um, the tragedy that happened at Astroworld where those people oh died and um, and everyone's coming for Travis Scott and everybody's blaming the cops and Drake and there's lawsuits. And at the end of the day, like people lost their lives and it's super fucking sad. Ten people. Ten people. I thought it was eight. Ten people. Ten. But there were two people who died uh, like several days and then maybe a week later and one of them was a child. Oh my God. Yeah, it's 10 people. Okay. Well, so the conspiracy theory going around, and maybe I'm watching too much succession. Okay. But somebody <laughs> tweeted, and then I found it on TikTok, and it says Kylie Jenner and Travis Scott were canceled because of the horrors of the concert, right? Okay. Which canceled. I'm not going to get into the minutia of the. Maybe they're like wording. taking a minute off of social media. Yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. anyone's canceled anyone. I, also, cancellation doesn't exist. I'm sorry. Carry on. But I think as we, as I talk about this, framing it for our own opinions is very important. Okay. Um, but what they're saying is that Kylie called her mom asking her to do something. And so to take the heat off of them, she asked Kim Kardashian to fake a hookup with somebody, but not just anyone, someone who will make the world talk. So in comes Pete Davidson. And then the world talked about them and stopped talking about Kylie and Travis and everything. And now look at how our social media, the news cycle, everything has been taken over by Kim and Pete. And it's because of Kris Jenner pulling the strings and making a call. Oh, wow. That's assigning so much power to uh, Kris Jenner and also our fascination with whatever the fuck it is that Kim Kardashian wants to do with her fucking love life. Right. And also that, yo, that's crazy. But there was also a video. You've seen the picture of them holding hands, Kim and Pete, right? No. Where they were walking past a, oh, you're so out of touch and I'm so happy for you. I'm not out of touch. I've heard about it and I decided not to look at it. I am so happy for you. I'm absolutely very well informed. Not out of touch. I know what Minecraft is. (laughs) (laughs) Not no. out of touch, but you know what I mean. Like, um, um, choosing to not engage. I, I probably am pretty out of touch. I just felt the need to defend myself a little because you know you you felt like you were coming for me, Mike. I'm not. Uh, but no, I have not seen it. Yeah. Short answer. <laughs> Short answer. Well, there's this video of them walking past a 
car and Kim and Pete are holding hands, mm-hmm. like fingers interlocked, like a lover would hold a hand. Great. And but the video of it shows him waiting for her, her coming around, them holding hands for like 0.8 seconds, and then letting go of each other's hands and smiling at each other, and then walking like normal. Great. And so you know, when I see a video like that, and I read a tweet like this, and I watch a show like Succession, and I think about how I do believe that. The FBI will hack into a cloud to steal a nude picture and release it when there's something going on in politics that we shouldn't fucking be aware of. Right. And next thing you know, it's like, Ariana Grande's naked over here. Look at this shit. And Twitter does their job and makes that trend. Sure. So this for me is just like another big idea that I know that you're saying it assigns a lot of power to people, but I also believe that like a big part of why we have celebrities in entertainment is to like codify us so that we are like, you know, a dumb herd that doesn't pay attention to the things that really matter all the time. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of it is a big fucking distraction. I just think that like, uh, Kim Kardashian is incredible. I actually, (laughs) I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think she's really smart. Yeah. And, um, if anything, I would say that this is a very specific decision that she is making to make a statement to the world that's like you know like Britney Spears dropping I'm not a girl not yet a woman it's like this is a new era Uh and that's a very uh, well chosen way to do it because Pete Davidson for all of you know everyone saying like how could anyone hook up with a guy like that look at the fucking people who are like excited about hanging out with that guy yeah and what he's done for normalizing mental health and talking about like he's more human than most humans he and I don't really even is. know him. He's he really is and he's so um you know everyone's like how could you know Ariana Grande or Kate Beckinsale or Kim Kardashian hook up with this guy probably because he talks to them and is like chill and cool and stoked and funny and any of those things. Like I I just don't see him being a part of some giant fucking machination and scheme or if he is that you know maybe he's playing it because it's something that he wants to be a part of but like I don't know I just don't buy that whole thing you don't do you no. do you believe in um in like conspiracy theories like very this? rarely very rarely very rarely do I believe in any conspiracy theory like the, there's definitely t- heaps of shit that we don't know about everything from the moon landing to JFK to 9-11 to whatever but conspiracy theories you know are a way for people to make sense of something terrible and chaotic that has you know a bunch of crazy moving pieces and you know we need our brains to make sense of the chaos and put it into some kind of order and simplify it so we can sort of understand it and then look at it and then pass judgment on it and then say I know about it and I feel comfortable with it and so I just think that that astral world uh, fucking horror um, is just too much for the brain to even comprehend. And the yeah. fact that, you know... Those videos it, are... Oof. It's unbelievable. And the fact that it happened, at, you know, a, a celebratory fucking music event, uh, it's just too much for people to bear. And so I think with anything like that, that's truly like it hurts people to even think about. They're always going to figure out a way to think about it and say something about it that will ha- feel like they're making sense of it in some way. Yeah. So... Sometimes I get jealous, though, of... I wish I could think in... 3D chess like mm-hmm. that like 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 my show's billions that I love or like my show's succession that I love like right. I just don't have the brain for human chess right for, well, you're not a master manipulator because you're not a sociopath oh, thank you so much you're that's welcome. actually one of the nicest things you've ever said to me <laughs> you're welcome well would, if you're looking for Christmas gifts you might want to uh-huh. make instead of an inspirational quote like yeah. inspire live laugh love hey mike you're not a sociopath oh uh, yeah I'll, I'll make you a little sign to hang on your bathroom door 
Thank you. That would actually be quite touching. Consider it done. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't believe. Um, yeah. I don't believe it. You don't believe it. All yeah. right. I got another one for you. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Okay. Hold on. I'm, Let's hear it. I'm coming it. in with a bunch of them today. I'm going to have to come back at you with something that I do find. All right. Another one from TikTok. All right. What if Mars has water on it because we used to live there? Oh, God. And we messed up the climate so badly that we had to send an escape pod to Earth with only Adam and Eve in it. Oh, my God. And the pod was the asteroid that wiped out the dinosaurs. No. (laughs) I don't even want to dive into it. Just no. It's just no. Why not? That's so fun. It's not. I find it just kind of stupid. Like oh, I love it so much. I'm so glad you love it. I'm sorry. I think it's stupid. Tell me more. Uh, it, it doesn't excite me to think about. What excites me to think about is uh, what the reality is of like the you know what kind of bacteria are up there and what that act like. What is the science behind it? I think that's what kind of gets my brain excited and titillated. It's not like like when you saw the Mars rover and you could actually hear oh Mars God. in that video. That was the coolest thing ever. It was the fucking coolest. Yeah. So I guess, you know, when I want to think about things that I don't know about, I want to think about like what is the science behind that crazy thing and how that opens up you know, all the mysteries of the universe. And not that it's like the beginning of humanity was a man and a woman in a pod sent to earth and then that shit that's the biblical beginnings of our fucking and also just no i yeah. no. I, I could hear as i was as i was reading it i could hear your thoughts say what am i supposed to do with this yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. it's like no i just don't know and for me the fantasy of that is in itself enough mm-hmm. for me to be like i will spout that as like truth just because it's more fun than not knowing anything. Sure. And yeah. for me, I don't care as much about facts as much as I care about fun. Right. And that's so dangerous. And Mike. I know it is, but it's the truth. I was talking about it with my therapist Peter today because okay. we were talking about the holidays and everything. And I was just like, yo, I don't care. I think one thing that Mary Jane does for me, or maybe one thing that like certain types of people do for other types of people just to balance out the human race is I don't care that much about facts. Mm-hmm. I want things to be fun right. and imaginative and unique and original. Yeah. That's why I'm so bad at math but i'm great at science because science is about the experiment itself who knows what the outcome's going to be that's exciting but the idea of like if i mix this and this let's see what happens what do you think what are you saying when you what do you mean when you say you're great at science i in in school i would get a pluses in science and i would get c pluses in math right because for me math just sounded so staunch and unimaginative and boring that i was like i can't wrap my head around why these numbers matter to me because they're just boring facts where science was the fantasy of mars and adam and eve and the dinosaurs and it's not about it's it's about the discovery and the journey more than it's about there's a right answer to this and Uh, so for me reading a conspiracy theory like this is just is way more fun than something that's real Whoa. Okay. There's so much there for me to unpack that I feel like we would need to do a whole other episode about it. I, but everyone I fast forwarded. I, I'm not worried about it. Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to say really quickly a couple of things. Okay. First, I think that math and science are uh, hand in hand in the world. Like you can't do science without math, right? Okay. And that math is a science. Ugh. So they're just different languages. So if you think of, um, say math is like Russian 
and science is uh, Arabic. Okay. They're two totally different languages that even use different alphabets. And maybe your brain can understand one and lock into those sounds really well, and you become fluent in it, and you, your brain just slides off the other one, yes. right? Yes, I think that is where you're sort of like, I love, like math is stupid and staunch, and science is brilliant and unlocks my creativity. Some people think that math is the music of the universe. You know, if you look at something like like a cuttlefish making its nest, right? Uh, th- there's this amazing video I'll show you. It's a YouTube video of a cuttlefish just making its its um, little mating area in the sand. When it makes it, it's a perfect mathematical spiral. It's a, it's like this incredible really? like mandala. Really? Yeah. Oh shit. You know all of all of the all of the things in nature that you look at through through those scientific lens and observation have a mathematical equation to them. That's what's so fucking amazing about it. The thing with science that's so cool is that we keep making new discoveries and we keep unlocking things and with math too we keep understanding things more and more and more and so something that was like accepted scientific knowledge in 1860 was then totally changed by darwin coming through and being like actually this is how it happened and here's this you know the science of evolution and then a hundred years later i mean right now we're on the verge of like crazy cancer research with like tiny little robots that are existing inside your blood like there's you know we're always going to learn more and more and evolve and there is no sort of like this is just how it is the crazy thing is people in any given time will say this is how it is right right you know and that's infuriating about you know humans just being stupid but i think science and math are they're they're partners they're they walk down the road together i wow thank you yeah that's awesome because i knew i was like <laughs> rambling to figure out what i meant and how and it ties into like conspiracy theories and at the end of the day i really just don't like math yeah. but for you to explain that to me and now i have to see that cuttlefish video is like <laughs> Just thank you. That's really cool because it directly ties into these conspiracy theories for me and how I am trying to make sense of the chaos of the world. Right. Especially right now. Especially right now. And so these things in my algorithm, I'm like, yeah, what if that's the thing? Well, and also here's here's my thing is that that you do for me is like that I get really fucking stuck into like what is the, you know, what are the details? What's the nitty gritty? What are the facts? And then you come out with this Gary Larson fucking weirdness where you're like, but what if a cow was wearing glasses and making jokes? Mm -hmm. And Gary Larson at his heart was making science jokes. Yes. He's a deep nerd. A deep fucking nerd with a deep knowledge of science and animal behavior behavior and human oddities and everything and so you're my Gary Larson like you're my way to look at the world in a quirky little funny way when I'm like too stuck into the fucking you know details of something wow yeah thanks Mary Jane you all heard it here first Mike Glazer not a sociopath (laughs) but is Gary Larson not a sociopath (laughs) is Mary Jane's Gary Larson for her brain (laughs) this inspirational Christmas gift is getting longer and longer listen I'm just gonna give you compliments for Christmas how's that (laughs) that's literally compliments for Christmas listen we can all afford it you heard it here just (laughs) wrap up a box just write something nice on it yeah you know wrap it up and give it to someone with a bow on it and be like here you go I think that'd be a really nice thing to give a heartfelt letter yeah compliments for Christmas compliments for Christmas I fucking love that it's free I mean put a joint in there if you want to Mm -hmm. you know a compliment I got you a compliment and a joint come on Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs> I do have one more science thing to share that maybe you already know, but I, I kind of, because we were doing a loose moose, I wanted to bring in one more, um, not conspiracy, but thing I learned on my TikTok algorithm Dope. about the ocean. Love to Speaking hear. Speaking of cuttlefish. Yeah. Um, it, so I'm not going to look at my phone for this one and just try and explain it for my brain. Okay. Uh, it's that the world, you think of the world as um, land and water, and 
of all the water, you have the Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean, Indian Ocean. You have all these oceans. I think there's like, I don't know, like 400 oceans. And of, <laughs> I think there's like, there's several oceans and then a bunch of seas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the, the thought, and it's a thought that I had always had, is that um, the names of each of them, Pacific, Atlantic, Indian, is more of a delineation of an area and a boundary. But it turns out, and I didn't know this, but there is like an actual line where the Atlantic Ocean, Pacific Ocean meet and the water of the Atlantic Pacific and all of these oceans is drastically different from one another. And it's not just the name of an area of water, but it is a type of water that is unique to that name. Yeah. And it is because of like salinity and how much salt is in the Pacific and the Atlantic. So when those two salinities meet, it's almost like a fucking white picket fence between um, a, a, an invisible white picket fence between these two bodies of water that are meeting in the middle. I didn't know any of this. And it, it was just so mind-blowing that I wanted to share it. It is the coolest thing. It's temperatures and currents and tide and salinity and geological formation underneath all that kind of stuff. I mean, I grew up in Newfoundland where the North Atlantic current comes through. And that's why the fishing off Newfoundland was so rich was because of this current that would then slam into this ice cold water that was coming down from the North from Labrador and the warmer waters coming up from the South. And it just created this like place where everything would come to eat. Wow. Everybody was eaten and the cod would show up and the whales would show up and the seabirds would show up. And a then Vegas the, buffet. Yeah. And then all the humans would show up and feast off of those. And so the culture of Newfoundland was founded on fisher folk 500 years ago, finding one of the richest fishing grounds in the world. And John Cabot, when the first explorer showed up to like say, you know, I'm claiming this land, although Vikings and indigenous people had been there for many, many thousands of years before, he talked about how he couldn't move his boat through the shoals of the fish because it was such rich rich like the cod were so plentiful that you couldn't actually even move wow it was like jammed up <laughs> that's so cool but i've seen the times square of the yeah, water the, world yeah exactly was, yeah. all the cods were like yo what's up i'm a cod you're t-shirts a cod. <laughs> peanuts <laughs> so yeah isn't that crazy yes it's like that that idea i've always wanted to go to where the indian ocean meets the atlantic because it's like there's like a shelf it's like a drop-off. No shit. And I saw once when we were sailing north to Alaska at the mouth of the Fraser River where it dumps out into the um, sound there, there was like a, it looked like we were going to run into like a curb, like next to a sidewalk. It was like a true difference of like a few inches. Yes. It was really, yeah. Incredible. So cool. So I wanted to just bring some facts to the table because I knew I might drive you nuts with a couple <laughs> conspiracies. I was like, we'll do a two and a one. You Thank know. you. <laughs> what a relief. <laughs> oh, God, I love facts. <laughs> so soothing. That's what I'll get you for Christmas. Yeah. Just a list of facts. Just some facts in a box. I'm going to give you compliments. You give me facts. We'll be all set. <laughs> Great. It's a very bare tree, but there's a lot of love underneath it, I guess. 15 boxes full of facts? That sounds amazing. <laughs> This is all, this truly would make me very happy. <laughs> I would, I, I would take a lot of pictures and put it all over my Instagram. Oh fuck, that's really funny. Oh man, is that the title of this episode? Fifteen boxes of facts. Fifteen boxes full of facts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, do you want to get two buds of the week? Yes. Uh, do you want to go first or second? I will go first. Okay. Because uh, it's about Bobo again. Old Bo, I just put a post up about him today because he's, you know, made a full recovery uh, from a couple of weeks ago when I was really worried that we weren't going to have him for much longer. And it's all thanks to uh, Mash Vet. And they're on Instagram at Mash Vet. And that is, uh, stands for the Metropolitan 
animal something hospital. Damn it, I looked it up. Anyway, they're great on Instagram at MashVet, and they were the whole team there was so wonderful. They just do great work. They have specialty um, vets for like. I think I'm gonna take Mr. Archie Moo there to get his. Um, he's got a little allergy yeah. to get looked at. They're just good people. I think people who look after animals are some of the best people on the planet. And also the um, the way that Bobo was, he was in rough fucking shape. Yeah. And under COVID protocols, I just wanted to also shout them out for the way that they handle um, like veterinary care where they kind of whisked Bobo away yeah. and you just kind of never see him again and you don't know what's going to happen. But they did a ton of phone calls with you, kept you up to date, laid out all the options, what's happening now, what could happen in the future. It yep. was just a very communicative um, experience where... You know, yeah. for all you know, you're handing your animal to them and you don't know what happens after that. That's right. It was it was true. You're so right about that. And, you know, I've had experiences where I've taken a creature to the vet and then come back for them later and they're traumatized. And Bobo was not traumatized. They took such good care of him. And he is um, screaming and biting and kicking and puking and pooping like his very old self. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to the team at MASH. Uh, follow them on AG at MASH Vet. Great butt of the week. My butt of the week this week is, it's kind of a twofer, but it's a two and a one. It is Brooke and World of Weed News. You can follow Brooke at Brooke E. Stellar, B-R-O-O-K-E-S-T-E-L-L-A-R, and at World of Weed News. Uh, Brooke is a friend of not only you and I, but also of Zoe Wilder. Mm -hmm. And she asked me to start doing a couple of on-camera things with her and her fiance, who's a great director and editor here in LA. Um, so I just did a bunch of shoots with them talking about how edibles work. And we just released that one. And they did a quick Q&A with me about the weirdest pipe I've ever smoked out of and all kinds of great things. So I just want to shout out Brooke and World of Weed News, not only for inviting me to shoot with them, but for being great friends who thought of me as someone who they wanted to hang out with and make things. So give them both a follow and uh, keep an eye out for a couple more videos um, if you like looking at my face. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. I do like looking at your face, and I also like looking at Brooke's face. I um, love checking that out. Her videos are really fun. She's a great follow on IG, and love seeing what she's doing. Yeah. Always. So good butt of the week this week. Yeah. All around. Feeling grateful. Brave and grateful. Brave and grateful. Yep. Oh, also, just really quick on that note, if you haven't watched Love on the Spectrum, please do. And congratulations to everyone who was on the Great British Baking Show you got me through this year. I was so calmed and soothed by all of the wonderful people who showed up to bake their hearts out on that show. And congrats to the winner, who I'm not going to name, just in case you haven't seen it. But um, yeah, man, if follow Lizzie and Freya on IG too. They are two of the contestants who just like went on a big road trip around the UK, and they're so fun. That's awesome. Just great bakers, great people. Heck yeah! And yeah. Uh, while we're at it, I just want to apologize for rambling about math, science, and conspiracy theories <laughs> for what felt like 20 minutes. Maybe it was 30 seconds, but in my brain, I was like, this is exhausting. So if you made it through that to the end of this app, I just want to say you're also my butt of the week. Yeah, thank you for <laughs> hanging with us. And we have put our Patreon on hold for the time being because we're working on a couple of big projects that are taking up a lot of time. But we're excited to uh, restart it when we've got some more things to announce. So if you are someone who subscribes to our Patreon, Thank you so much for hanging with us over there as well. And um, feel free to put your subscription on hold while we work on some stuff. But we will be back at some point with some cool stuff to announce soon. Pretty big. Yeah. Pretty fucking big. <laughs> and a lot of it is because of people listening and supporting this pod and us sure. putting it out every week. So yeah. thank you. 
Uh, just thank you for hanging with us, buds. Yeah, we've learned so much over the years, and uh, we're excited to continue. So follow us at Weed and Grub on Instagram. Email us at wg at weedandgrub.com with story ideas, pictures, turkey pics, whisk pics, pics of cats and dogs, Christmas ideas, compliments, facts, <laughs> any of the above. Conspiracy theories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, thanks, Mike. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.